You're listening to City Church Long Beach Sermons. Visit us at citychurchlongbeach.org. Welcome. Uh, good to have everybody here. I'm Bill White. I'm one of the co-pastors of uh, City Church of Long Beach, and we are really glad you are here today. We are a radically welcoming community on the journey towards Jesus, joining him in the renewal of all things. And uh, we're a church in three locations, we like to say. So uh, there are people who are live and in person. We have people on Zoom, welcome friends on Zoom. And we have our special patio seating. Hello, patio seating people. We see, I see you. Yeah, yeah, all right. So there's a kid named Hammy out there that you're going to see a little bit later. He's one of my favorites. So, But I have a lot of favorites around here, so it's okay. Um, a couple things about today. Um, so we have another co-pastor. Her name is Brenna Rubio. She's been on sabbatical for the month of July. And so if things seemed slightly more disordered, you might understand why that is. Because one of your co-pastors is a little bit more ordered and one is a little bit more disordered. Um, and so there have been all kinds of excitement this morning with the sound. You'll notice our projector exploded uh, so we don't have lyrics. Uh, you know, there's just some things. But the good news is... That's actually not why we gathered. We didn't gather because we have a fancy projector um, or even because we have a, a really great co-pastor who's on sabbatical. We gathered because we need God. We're, we're, we're broken and we can't go on. Uh, we need to be put back together. Um, and so that's why we showed up today. At least that's why I showed up. I'm guessing that's probably why you showed up. Um, and... And that's what we get, right? And so, I, so if you just are listening to the lyrics, great. If there's a prayer and you want to participate, great. You can do so, or you can close your eyes. You can sit down. You can stand up. You can, whatever you, it, this is your space. This is your time. Because you and I, we need Jesus. We need him a lot. And, and that's why we're here. So, uh, and I think I said that for me, because I'm like, you know, trying to pull some things together in my own brain, but, but welcome, welcome to the, the things that are going on in my, in my mind, so. Um, so we have uh, a couple of announcements. So one is, if you have a kiddo here, we have, currently we have enough uh, kids ministry volunteers for three Sundays out of the month. And on the last Sunday of the month, kids get to hang with us in service. We do have some nifty crafts and crayons and stuff like that in the back. If you want, you can go and grab those. Um, and they're not just for kids. I see a couple of folks here who I've noticed doing a little drawing during uh, service time. And that's totally fine. It actually can be really healthy. So feel free, get up, go get your stuff, come back. Um, so that's one. Uh, second is next Sunday during service, we're, we're going to do a kind of a soft launch of our youth group. All right, this is new for us. We're not, you know, we're not a very big and fancy church, but we've got a bunch of kids who are trying to figure out like, hey, how do I continue to grow? So if you're in sixth grade through 12th grade, next Sunday during service, um, our fearless leader, Amy Prescott, is going to grab folks and, and head out and I don't know what, do something great. Um, so just want to let people know that we're starting to kind of experiment. What, what would it look like to create a safe space for our youth? Um, and particularly because there are not a lot of youth groups around that 
are inclusive and that welcome folks from all kinds of different sexual orientation, gender identity, um, spiritual background, stuff like that. And that's, that's the goal, is to create that safe space for people to grow uh, on their spiritual journey. So that's next Sunday. And then with that, I'd like to uh, invite up, would you welcome with, with me our guest preacher, Larry Dove? <laughs> Come on up, Larry. Come on. Yeah, I'm going to, well, I'll, I'll have Judy read scripture, but while you're, so Larry and Larry has put up with me for 25 years. Did, did you know that? 20, it's been 25 years. Yeah. So anyway, so he's a, he's a friend and a, and a mentor of mine. I figured I'd go with one of your favorites. <laughs> um, so Judy Kim, if you would come up, Judy's going to read scripture for us. And, uh, and then Larry's going to do some teaching. We've been in a series on rest, and Larry's going to talk about that. Matthew eleven twenty five to 30. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. People of God, this is the word of God. Thank you to God. All right. No, this is fine. Can y'all hear me? So, uh, as Bill said, we've been knowing each other for 25 years. Bill is my vanilla brother from another mother. Okay. And I love him dearly. And also his wife, Katie. Uh, we grew up, spiritually speaking, ministry. We grew up at Emmanuel Church. And uh, when he and Katie came on campus, uh, I was already there. We just clicked on it. And our passion for justice just kind of exploded uh, and, and made for us to be able to connect relationally. And so... Uh, I'm just honored to be here with you today. Uh, I do pastor a church. The church is in Los Angeles, and it's an aging church, a church that is aging out. And I'm 71 years old. I know some of you are saying, you don't look 71. Uh, but we have a saying among black folks that black don't crack. So, But I'm 71 years old. I'm about ready to retire. Our church is looking for uh, a, my successor, another pastor. And so... This is a season I'm just kind of entering into now uh, uh, after being in ministry for 47 years. But, yes, it's been, a, it's been a journey. It's been a long time. So, anyway, thank you all for inviting me, for putting up with me. I think I have a good word for you as well as for me because when we are preaching, <clears throat> we got to preach to ourselves first. And so I'm preaching to myself, and I understand that you are uh, in a series that is defined by rest, R-E-S-T, rest. And so I've chosen Matthew 11, 28 through 30. It's, it's one, of the most, uh, one of the most important and critical scriptures in my life that I have been able to be able to overcome some obstacles that has helped me to overcome obstacles 
and challenges in my life, and I'm hoping that by the time I finish this that you'll also see it too. <coughs> Excuse me. So let's just talk a little bit about rest very quickly, and Bill, throw something at me when I, when I need to end this, okay? Okay, all right, just, just check it. And you on Zoom? Yeah, you can throw something at me too also if it's too long, okay. So Genesis, uh, rest is a, is a vital component, component of our human existence. And God embedded the principle of rest in our humanity. It's not just something that we do eight hours a night and then get up and go about our business. In the Genesis creation narrative, Genesis 2, verses 1 and 2, it says, So the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. On the seventh day, God had completed his, his all that he had done, and he rested. He rested on the seventh day from all of his work that he had completed. God blessed the seventh day and declared it to be holy. What do you mean by God? For on it, he rested from all the work of his creation. So rest is embedded in our humanity. It is just not something that we do in order to be re-energized, but it is an internal principle that God has designed for our human existence. In the Ten Commandments, after God has delivered the Israelites out of Egyptian bondage, he iterates the same principle in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. It's part of the Ten Commandments. He says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. You are to labor for the six days and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God, and you must not do any work. Again, the principle of work. He brings them out of the bondage of their slavery and then instills within them or reminds them the importance of resting. And then finally, in Leviticus 25, God even speaks to his creation and how man is supposed to handle and handle and to be a stewardship over his creation. And God says, when you enter the land, the promised land, which I am going to give you, the land will observe a Sabbath to God. Sow your fields, prune your vineyards, and take your harvest for six years. But the seventh year, the land will take a Sabbath or a rest of complete and total rest, the Sabbath to your God. You will not sow your fields and your prune your vineyards on that seventh year. So rest is a divine gift from God that helps us to maintain our bodies, our minds, and our souls in a manner that is in a manner that is intended to keep our earthly existence flourishing and thriving in a manner that God had intended it also. Rest in the body is essential, but what about rest for the soul? What about rest for the soul? You know what? We are made in God's image and in God's likeness. We are all eternal beings created in his image and in his likeness. And so our soul needs rest as much as our physical bodies, believe it or not. And as you walk through this life, you will encounter, you will pick up, you will carry hurts, pains, suffering. Sometimes those are self-inflicted, and other times that those are inflicted by others. I brought this bag here today because I want to show you an example.
<clears throat> those are bricks, this is the bag. Pretend this bag is your soul. And so let me give you an illustrative example of how we carry the hurts and pains from others or self-inflicted in our own soul. In uh, June of 1962, I'm, I'm a boomer, born in uh, 1950. So in June of 1962, my father takes us to a family reunion. We were living in California, and he and my mother's roots are from Texas. And at that given time, it was still Jim Crow was very much in power. White supremacy was still much doing its thing in Texas in 1962. So we go to, we go to my family reunion, and uh, we go to this place. There's this river. It's called Comanche area. And I noticed, uh, well, before we got there, my father, once we crossed the Texas line, my father, we stopped at a gas station. My father said, is there anybody here that needs to use the bathroom? Everybody said no in the car. He gets out and starts pumping the gas. I jump out, <clears throat> changing my mind, and run around the corner, and I see the word restroom. And just as I'm about ready to go in, my father, he catches me, and he says, no, you can't use that. You've got to go around to the other side. And I go around to the other side of the building, and it has the word colored. He says, you got to use this one. So that's in my soul. We get to Comanche, to the family reunion. There's this, there's this river. And I noticed that there was, there was a bunch of young boys. I, I really was into baseball, about 9 or 10 years old. And these young boys, they're playing baseball on the other side of the river. And again, I, I went to my father and said, hey, Dad, I'm going to go over there and play baseball with them. All these are white kids. And so you can imagine that the river was a barrier of segregation. And so when I told my dad I wanted to go play with the white kids over there, he said, no, son, you cannot go play with the white kids. I said, why not? He says, because they don't allow us over there. That jumped into my soul. And then as I began to continue to grow and to learn, this, this other area, because of the color of my skin, am I good enough? And I was always, always, always carrying that junk in me. That was in my soul. And that's not something you just, you know, snap some fingers and it goes away. And I can go on and on. And I left this last brick for you. What's in your soul? What are you carrying? What are you struggling with? Because it's hard to get this junk out of us. Can I get an amen on that? By the way, I'm a black preacher. If you want to say amen, I'd appreciate that very much. It's hard to get this junk out of us. And so I did it, picked it up, and I carried it. I carried this thing for about 20 or 30 years until I met Jesus. And when I met Jesus and started reading his word, it became very evident that my skin color didn't matter. My gender didn't matter. My sexual orientation didn't matter. My political persuasion didn't matter. My social economic uh, didn't matter to him. The only thing that mattered was my soul, who I am. And Jesus, did, he wouldn't call me a black person, although he would probably honor my black ethnicity, but rather he gave me another label. He called me his son and his daughter or if you're a female, and his daughter. That's all that really, and so that began to start unraveling some of the things that I had been carrying with me. I can go on and on because how many of y'all have been hurt by other people's labels? 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't measure up. You're not accepted. You're rejected and so forth. And, but when Jesus comes along, he doesn't care about your sexual orientation. Doesn't care about your skin color. Doesn't care about your gender. Doesn't care about what you drive or where you, he doesn't care about that. He cares about you. Just you as a person, you as a human. That's what he came for. <clears throat> Matthew 11, 28 through 30. As I said, it's been one of the, the things that I have really settled my mind on because it has really helped me to come out of some of the junk that was in my soul and to unlearn. Sometimes we need to unlearn things that people have taught us. But I like to just kind of walk through Matthew 11, 28 through 30. And the first thing that Jesus says, come unto me, come unto me, all you who weary and are burdened, and I will give you rest. I like the Amplified, I use different translations of the Bible. The Amplified Bible says this, check this out. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you will recover your life. And I'll show you how to take a real rest. When Jesus is spouting this particular passage, passage what he is referring to primarily is the burdens that people were under in trying to measure up to appease God. Their religious leaders, okay, even in their best intent of trying, to, of trying to portray what it means to be holy before God, they had taken the law, they have applied maybe 600 more laws and interpretations to it, and it became what, what was intent, what was initially intent to give people freedom to worship God, it became a, it became a, what do you want to say, a wall of exclusion. And the people and, and the Jewish leaders, they would not relent. They would not have mercy. They had squeezed out mercy, and they had squeezed out grace. And so when Jesus is looking at these people, he said, whoa, what is all these burdens that you are carrying? And the people are saying, well, hey, our religious leaders said we got to do this, we got to do that, we got to jump here, we got to do that, and all like that, in order for God to love us and please us. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. That was never the intent of the law. That was never the intent of God. No, 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 no. He says, come unto me. Are you tired of religion? Are you tired of jumping through religious loopholes and things like that? No, no, it don't take all that for God to love you. He loves you already. Can I get it? You can say amen to that part already. Okay? Man, we cannot live up to the expectations of religion. We cannot do it. People have tried from the beginning of time. It is totally impossible. When I say religion, the do's and the don'ts. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The do's and the don'ts. The do's and the don'ts. The do's and the don'ts. And they become repetitive and they become heavy and they become burdened. I can understand what is going on now among younger generations when we talk about 
reconstruction and deconstruction of their faith. It makes total sense to me because a lot of evangelicalism is about do's and don'ts. It's about do's and don'ts. And so you have younger generations that are looking at that, critiquing that area and said, no, I, 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 I don't think that's what Jesus meant when he talks about church. I don't think that's what Jesus meant when he talks about loving our neighbor. I don't think that's what Jesus meant. And so you have a right, and you should, with a discerning eye, critique that. Amen. Can I get an amen on that? That's good. Okay. What are you going through? What are you burdened with today? Don't let people label you and tap dance to the labels that they assign to you. Jesus never used labels. Find me one that he used in the, uh, in the New Testament, <clears throat> in the Gospels. In the next part of the, that word, he says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest to your souls. The Message Bible says this about that particular passage. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Whew, I love that part. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And he says, and I won't lay anything heavily or ill-fitting on you. I think this, we often think that this meaning of an invitation is to like, take off our yoke and throw it away <clears throat> and that we'll never have any more yokes. But I think we missed the important part of that. Jesus is not saying, just take your yoke and throw it away. He says, take my yoke. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me. In the Old Testament, <coughs> what he is using is when two oxen, when they, uh, they, it was a yoke that went across both oxen's necks. <coughs> In many cases, a wise farmer would yoke a young ox with an older ox. Because the older ox could kind of teach and mentor and coach the younger ox of how to make the work and share the workload evenly. Okay. So when Jesus is saying that, he's not simply saying, well, you know, just take your yoke and throw it away and, and whatnot. And what he's saying is, take my yoke upon you, and we can bear these burdens together. We can share these hurts together. They may not all go away. Can I be real with you on that? They may not all go away, but he can lessen the burden. That's what he does. Because he doesn't put any do's and don'ts on you. All those go away. There are expectations to following Jesus. I won't deny that. And perhaps maybe at times it won't always be easy. But our Savior is gentle. And he's not like the other things or the other people that likes to put yokes on us. And hurt us and, and, and inflict pain upon us. He'll never do that. He'll take you just as you are. The third part of, of that scripture, he says, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
the message translation, again, I go refer back to that. It says, keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. You'll learn to live freely and lightly. And lightly. If there was ever a message of liberation that Jesus intended for us and our humanity, this is it right here. Because he does not want us to be slaves anymore. That's what we used to be, slaves to sin and so forth. But whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Free indeed. He says you'll learn to live freely and lightly. <clears throat> As I said, following Jesus perhaps does take work. In contrast, the burdens that many of us carry today, they are heavy. We walk through this life and we're hit. We walk through this life and we're labeled. We walk through this life and we're excluded. We walk through this life and we are segregated. We walk through this life and we are marginalized. We walk through this life and we're always hit sooner or later. And if you've never been hit, keep on living. <laughs> keep on living. Or either that you're not on this planet, one or the other. I told you about um, my suitcase My yoke is easy, my burden is light, you'll live freely and effortlessly. So I'm, I'm in the airport, and uh, I, had, I had this, started to throw it away, but I'm glad I didn't. But I have my suitcase here, and uh, uh, it broke on me. The handle <laughs> broke in this airport. Got out the car and everything, had already packed, I got all my stuff in this, and the handle broke on me. So you can imagine that I've got to carry this thing through the airport like this. i got to carry it. And I, and I had three stopovers. So, oh man. You carry it over here, and then you carry it over there, and you carry it over here, and you carry it. And man, it was just a chore. And I said to myself, I'm just going to throw it away. And uh, I'm glad that I didn't because I use it for the prop here today. <laughs> Go figure, right? <clears throat> but as I'm going through this airport, the reason I got to carry this is because the handle don't work. The handle doesn't work like it was designed to work. If the handle worked the way it was designed to work, it would roll like that. I could take it anywhere I wanted to. I mean, that's the way for the rollers and everything. But the handle wouldn't work. And so I had to carry this thing like this. Jesus is saying, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Quit carrying it like this. Let it go. Put it down. And I'll work with you wherever you are in life. I'll work, and I'll carry, I may not, he may not make everything wrong disappear, but trust me, it's a lot easier than carrying it like this. And that's what we're doing far too often. He is just saying, put it down, 
call upon me. Let me walk with you. Let me be there. And together, it'll roll like that. It'll be like that. You're getting something out of this message. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will, I will, the personification of Christ, I will give you rest. Well, how are you going to do that? Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Not religion, learn of me. And you shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy. And my burden is light.